Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pelletan, just updating you on our top story. The headlines broke moments ago. You heard President Trump's executive order barring U.S. entry from six mostly Muslim countries has been put on continued hold by a federal appeals court. Uh, we'll have more details as they become available. U.S. equities trading at a record here. We have got the S&P and NASDAQ advancing today. The Dow up as well. The Dow higher by 70, up three-tenths of one percent. The S&P at 24.15. That is a record up 11, higher by five-tenths of one percent. NASDAQ up 47 to 62.10, up eight-tenths of one percent. The 10-year down 132nd with a yield there of 2.25 percent. Gold up 220 the ounce to 12.55, up two-tenths of one percent. And West Texas Intermediate pulling back down 4.3 percent, 49.15 a barrel. Brent crude down 4.1 percent. I'm Charlie Pelleton. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. All right, Charlie, thank you so much. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets. Carol Master, Corey Johnson, and we are Bloomberg. Well, shares of Appian are up 16% today. That's not the story. The story is that there are shares of Appian. They're trading. Appian will go public today. Matt Cockham, the CEO, joined us right now. Uh, Matt, and uh, uh, congratulations on the offering. Let me ask you first, why did you do it now? Uh, we, as you know, Corey, we've been working for a long time on the same idea, and only recently has that idea been something that the whole world wanted. So it seems like an exciting time to match our our work to uh, to the public markets. Uh, we we have a, a proposition that we want all companies to know about, and the IPO allows us to get that proposition out, and that is that we want the next piece of unique software that each company builds to be done on a platform. Instead of written in lines, they should do it in a drawing, and they should do it in a way that's faster and more agile and easier to change than, by a factor of 20, than traditional methods of creating software. The world's full of demand for software, and this is a great way to fill it. So IPO, six and a quarter million shares at $12 each. What are you guys going to do with some of the proceeds? We've been in business a long time, and we've taken very little money. We've we funded ourselves with only $10 million in primary capital. We took that nine years ago. So we've got a long-term, deliberate kind of strategy. In fact, it's pretty unusual for a company that pays its own bills to be growing at the rate that we're growing and IPOing. So we're not going to see any sudden moves from us. We've been growing well, even without the cash, and we're not going to change too much now that we have it. We've got a long-term plan. We think we have something that the world needs, and we're just going to keep improving that value proposition. Uh, I love it when we get the attention of, of new companies and they discover that they can build software in a low-code graphical environment instead of writing it. And when they do, by the way, that product is so much more efficient and effective than a, a normal piece of software. You know, it, it runs on every mobile device natively, and you can port it to the cloud and back, and it's, it's better integrated and more secure than traditional software. So you get all these benefits at a fraction of the investment. Um, your marketing costs last year, uh, $54 million sales and marketing. Do you expect that to significantly increase? Uh, I, should, I should, well, context for our listeners. Uh, this is a business that you took, uh, grew at about 20% last year, top line at $133 million in revenues in 2016. Um, and, and as I mentioned, you spent about, uh, you know, 30% of that on, uh, uh, a little bit, a little bit more on, uh, on sales and marketing. Do you expect that to continue, uh, to grow fast because uh, now you've got the capital to do that? 
I do expect it to grow. That, that's You're right, first of all, that we did make that additional investment in sales and marketing, mostly sales, in 2016. We're going to continue that rate of investment in 2017 and grow our sales force quickly. The reason we would do that is we have a proposition now, a product that's being very well received by customers, and we know that we can replicate that outreach and bring in more customers if we just hire more and, and get a higher profile. That's really one of the biggest reasons behind the IPO is to uh, to get more attention now that we know we've got something people want to buy. And you sell into a commercial market, also the government market. How much of the market is to government customers? It's about a quarter. You know, we grew up outside the Beltway, so there have been times when a lot of our business was federal. It's it's not right mm-hmm. now, and I think in the long run it won't be even as big as, as what we have today. When we expand into Europe, for example, we'll, we'll diminish the federal fraction of our overall revenue. But it's been great. It's a consistent, reliable payer, and uh, we've done a lot of great work in the government and we've developed a good reputation. What was the weirdest thing that happened during the IPO process? I mean, you've obviously been thinking about this for a while and heading towards it, but I'm sure there were surprises along the way. Yeah, everybody told me coming in that it was going to be a grind, that it was going to be 10, 10 days, 10 business days or two weeks of unremitting meetings, so busy you didn't even have time to check your email and you didn't have time to eat, so you had to eat in the car. And while some of that is true, what surprised me is, I got more energy from talking to the investors and realizing that they loved this idea, that they thought the world was ready for this idea, and it just it just gave me the energy that the process was depleting. And I come out of that feeling great, not tired at all. It's just it was a it was a wonderful experience, and I feel like we made a lot of friends out on that tour. We've introduced ourselves to investment firms in the same way as we've been trying to introduce ourselves to potential customers, and raised the circle of awareness about what it is that we're we're proposing. Matt, do you like going alone? I mean, I, I know you founded this company, I think you were 26 years old, but I'm just curious, you've got some big players out there, Salesforce, ServiceNow, IBM, Oracle, also in related spaces. Um, are you comfortable enough to, to go it alone, or at some point do you feel like you will need to link up with someone else? Right now, it, we're fine alone. We're great alone, actually, and, and there's a critical difference between us and everybody else you just mentioned who could compete in low-code generally but who cannot do one certain thing, and that is use a low-code approach to build sophisticated software. Appian is different from everyone else in this space in that we use low-code methods to build the most mission-critical, important, scalable, and secure software out there, the kind of software that runs many of the largest financial services and pharmaceutical companies in the world and many of the biggest government departments, and you cannot do that on any other platform. We're the only ones who've taken low-code to the sophisticated high-end of applications. Uh, A notable change in your revenue uh, was, uh, you know, Notable. Four years ago, 42% of revenue was with subscriptions and support. Now it's 56. Um, uh, taking up a few basis, a few percentage points every year, just really quickly, do you expect that to continue where, where most of your customers are your existing customers? I think subscription is on its way up permanently as a fraction of our business, both because it's become the almost exclusive way to buy our software, 98% last year of software sales with subscription, but also because we're decreasing our services component now that our software is easy, we've got more partners, and we no longer need to use services receipts to fund the business. Services will be an ever smaller portion of our receipts. Software will be an ever larger one, and that has the beneficial effect of floating gross margins up over time because software delivers better gross margins and services. Interesting stuff. Well, Matt, uh, uh, congratulations on the deal. It was a big milestone for you guys, and uh, we'll look for your continued success. Uh, Matt Calkins, the CEO of Appian, 
joining us on the phone. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets. I'm Bloomberg Radio. I'm Corey Johnson, Carol Masser uh, at J.P. Morgan headquarters. I'm going to continue to take a look at the markets and uh, and uh, new ways to J.P. Morgan, among others, are looking at uh, investing right now. This is Bloomberg. <laughs> 